Ready? Yep. Let's go. Healthy, healthy rainbow. Beautiful fish. <laughs> you dropped him, dude. Stud. <laughs> On the squall, baby. On the squall. I got it, too. Right there? I got it, I got it too. Oh. He barely puts it in the net. But first, a word for our partners. Heather's Choice. Healthy, flavorful, dehydrated meals for the backcountry. Use our discount code THEYOUNGGUIDES15 to save at checkout. Lucky Bug Lures. Get hooked and use our discount code THEYOUNGGUIDES15 to save at checkout. Northern Knits. Handmade knitted wool hats out of Alaska. National Wild Turkey Federation South Sound Strutters. Your conservation organization for Washington State turkey populations and habitats. Alaska Rodco, Alaskan handmade rods. Shell Art Studio, original Alaskan focused art. Welcome back to another episode of the Young Guides Podcast. I'm Keaton. And I'm Kyle. And on today's episode, we have Adriel Willis. She is um, the owner of Slay Jays, uh, fly tying and like a coho jig tying um, business that she started up. And uh, we've kind of been following her ever since she started. I remember um, seeing her page when she like just had a couple posts on. She was just getting to fly tying and then watching her progress and start her business and really kind of blow up and seeing, you know, guides using her products. Um, it's been really cool to watch that process and figured we have her on and kind of talk about her background and how she got into the industry and why. So with that, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What uh, what got you into fishing, um, fly fishing, outdoors, all that stuff? Yeah. So that's been like a really hard thing for me to navigate, honestly, um, like how to tell my story while being mindful or like sensitive to the people who like had caused a lot of hurt and stuff um like throughout this journey uh it's like I like to think of it like an onion literally like there's so many layers and it's like you never know when there's gonna be like lots of tears (laughs) like outbursts you know um but pretty much like I've grew up playing sports like heavy into basketball um all my life and I had just gotten done with college and you know like trying to find myself after sports um because it's all I ever knew right so like I really was never even outdoors I was always in the gym (laughs) like so I had this is where it gets me you guys (laughs) it's like (laughs) I get emotional And so I don't know how to like talk about it. Um, but like I had a lot going on in my home life, like with my parents and that relationship, um, was like extremely overwhelming by like the turmoil in it and being out of college. And that's such a crucial time in your life to have your parents support, you know, you're trying to find yourself, your place in life. Um, And I was kind of being given the opposite of that from both of my parents. And my relationship growing up with my mom was really strong. And it was like the opposite for me and my dad. But it kind of, they both 
started to tell me how they truly felt, you know, um, like one too many, I hate yous from my parents, like turned into me, like trying to take my life back. Like I feel it's kind of like I decided to take my power back in what I wanted to do and like to do. Um, my dad is an avid hunter and a uh, fisherman goes all over travels. So that's something I always actually avoided growing up just because it kind of reminds me of that relationship that I wanted so badly with him growing up. Um, but it was after kind of like a big emotional thing. Like I won't forget the day that happened. And I just decided that I was going to start living for me and for myself and do the things that I wanted to do. And so I started teaching myself how to tie and I would just like have YouTube on constantly, like just let it play of everything. And I would take notes. Like I have so many notebooks full of just random stuff. Um, I would like try to do the rivers around here, you know, and match hatches and try to know what like to talk about to people because it's intimidating, you know fishermen like what they like and yeah. I wanted everyone to be like happy with my stuff so I just started teaching myself and it became like something that was very healing for me um you know like when you have your vice in front of you and you're tying you have a lot of time to like sit there and think and like process things and it was just something that I found a passion for um and I remember I caught my first salmon and I like got home to my friends and I just like cried. And I was like, this is like, I finally feel so alive. Like nature is so beautiful. It felt so healing. Um, and after that, I just kind of like dove headfirst into like trying to start the business. And it, I kind of didn't mean to really, but it was great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. We appreciate you and, you know, totally honest and sharing your story. It's, uh, it's real and raw and we appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. So, so what was your inspiration then to start fly tying? Like what was. So, so yeah, when I was little, um, like I was around my grandpa a lot and he had like his own like I said, like my dad and my grandpa are super into fly fishing. So he had his own tying room. And I just, every time I'd come over, like that'd be the first place I'd want to go to. Cause it was so cool. And there's like pictures of me sitting on his lap and like him teaching me how to tie. And his thing was always like the woolly bugger. I just remember it being so cool to me, like him trying to teach me how to do like a half hitch and stuff. But yeah, that he kind of, he definitely inspired me and it was nice because it's brought me and him really close again. Um, and we've gotten to bond a lot over fly tying. So he's given me like so many books and, um, yeah, he definitely like inspires me a lot. That's awesome. Thanks. So, I mean, you do, you tie flies and, uh, what about like tying jigs? When did you kind of take on tying jigs and doing flies? Yeah. So cause actually I just would post a lot of my flies and stuff. And someone said, um, 
have you ever tied a twitching jig? And I was like, what the heck is a twitching jig? And so I just YouTubed um, how to tie a twitching jig. (laughs) And then I just kind of went with it. And then I got that opportunity to go fishing for salmon. And I brought him some. And then he started using them. He was like, holy smokes. Like, what did you do? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Add some creativity to it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah do you, like, do you prefer tying like jigs over flies or which one do you like doing more um hmm, that's a hard one i think that flies can be really fun because there's so many different ones and then like they're so small so it's very tedious um but i like i think i like jigs twitching jigs there's just a lot of I feel like I get to be the most creative because when I'm tying flies I kind of try to tie for specifics that are already made and then with my jigs I can kind of put I feel more of a my own twist to it that makes sense yeah yeah you can be creative with it and you can add styles and uh little yeah. touch in there that you know are different you know than the everyday jig that you buy so exactly and that's that's my favorite part so a lot of people will say like dude you have way too many patterns like you need to chill with how many patterns you have but that's where it's fun for me is making just random ones that people normally wouldn't think would catch fish and then i get pictures sent with like huge fish and so it's really cool yeah that's cool so i I noticed too that you tie with like a more of like a bullet jig head than Mm -hmm. like round standard jig head and why did you pick the bullet jig head over like a round um well i my new found friend jared higginbotham um works for yakima bait Mm -hmm. and so i would i made a lot of friends at uh, ace hardware because i'd go in there all the time to like look around and it was actually just because they were like the only jig that you can really get like at a store it was was from them and then when i was making them then it's when i found out like why people use like the bullet head style versus the round head and you couldn't really find as many so i liked i just like to go with the bullet head because people feel that it's more like lively like mm-hmm. it looks more like a fish so yeah yeah so how many different patterns do you have um well so i think probably like 40 40 right now but because i tried to pick 10 for the sportsman shows coming up to make just like 10 patterns and tie a bunch of each so people would have what they want and i ended up with like 32 different patterns that i've tied so i don't really know (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) and is that so is it when you're tying, are you tying like all of one pattern? Like you sit down like, all right, tonight I'm going to tie all of this pattern. And then I'm going to tie all of that pattern until I get X amount. And then I'm going to go to the next one. You kind of just kind of like hop around, kind of keep things interesting. Well, you know, it would be a lot more productive <laughs> to do it the first way. Like and have all your stuff out and like tie a bunch. I try to do that. But sometimes I'll like a certain pattern. I just will just get annoyed of it and I'll need to switch or I'll like want to make something random. 
and then I'll end up really liking it and then it'll become its own thing. I kind of just skip around because I get distracted a lot. Do you ever find when you're uh, like tying flies and tying jigs that maybe you see stuff in each that you tried to like bring to to complement each other, if that makes sense? So like, uh, was that a good question? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Kind. So do you mean like when I tie like do I just come up with that pattern like when I'm doing it? Well, do you find things that work like say let's let's say like fly fishing, right? You're using fly, you know, fly streamers and all that. Uh, do you ever find inspiration in those to bring to your jigs versus like same thing with your jigs to your flies that you, maybe you have that step like sta- uh, standard pattern, but you're like, hey, I want to get creative with this or I've tried this on my jigs. Let's see if this works for this. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, it's just been like a lot of trial and error, kind of like because I came from tying flies, I I bring like I brought a lot of more of like chenille into my into mm-hmm. my jigs, and I try to do um, like I just it kind of is whatever. I don't know if I'm explaining this right. It's like whatever if I'll just look over because I have so much material it's just like all over my room like I don't know if you can see but it's like everywhere so I'll kind of just like look around and then I'll be like hmm I wonder if that'll work and then I'll try to incorporate it or like how can I be faster or how can I have like more pizzazz on this one you know yeah do you add flash and stuff in your jigs as well yeah 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 so I like to do a lot of different like like flashaboo and tinsel and stuff like that and um like i layer it so a lot of people you know if you want to go fast and efficiently you pick one rabbit and you go all the way up with it but i like to do it in like sections so i'll put um a lot of hackle in between like each rabbit layer Mm -hmm. so it kind of like breaks it up um yeah, I kind of just I the prettier the better for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like the more you tie and the and you know the more that feedback you get from people mm-hmm. fishing your flies, the more you fish your flies, you can just kind of look at your materials and be like, okay. And it, it just takes it's hard to explain, but it just takes time and just knowing what materials you have and how they behave. Yeah. And you can just look and create something out of it hundred percent because I like really just taught myself from YouTube and books. So there's a lot of things that I started off doing where I'm like, okay, I don't really like that anymore. Or I can do this way better if I use this material, but it's so hard to get like a, like a set material list. I feel like, because it always changes, but yeah. So when you're tying patterns and and jigs and all that, do you find that you get uh you you start down this road on a certain color and then you go to order it in a few months and that color is like not to be found? Yeah. And Definitely. What do, you, what do you try to do in that situation? Um, there's like it's so hard to get materials in Yakima because mm-hmm. there's like Cabela's 
which has a very limited um, material selection since like Bass Pro took it over. They just don't have anything anymore. So it's really there and Ace Hardware. And then the closest other place is Ellensburg. Um, so I'll try to buy stuff off of um, fly fish food or go to Worley Bugger down there in Ellensburg. Um, but it does make it hard. Sometimes I have to use like a different shade or something and just hope that people aren't like mad about it. And I yeah. just say, you know, it varies. Yeah. And I'm sure like people in the industry are going to understand that. Right. With like mm-hmm. everything right going on and, and has been going on these past few years. So. Yeah, definitely. No, I know. I understand what you mean. There's you know certain colors of you know chenilles certain colors of rabbit strips that i've been tying with some now that they don't make anymore and so i'm trying to like scrounge up what's left and it's it's almost a little daunting at first like man how am i gonna find a substitute for this when when you just gotta figure it out no definitely like especially black like black rabbit that is my arch nemesis because it's so hard to find Mm mm-hmm so you talk about you know getting stuff from fly fish food limited places in town what other connections have you made in in the industry to get materials i know you uh, mentioned yakima bait yeah so that's where i get all of my um jig heads it's so hard to find like even people who pour anymore there's really not many people who do that and then to paint them it's such a process too um i was thankful super thankful for uh yakima bait for working with me there um i finally got like my official business license and all of that so i could get wholesale product um Mm -hmm. but a lot of places you have to have like a building to do it or to like get product or you have to be open for a year. Um, I know like Waspy, I think is one of them, but so it's actually been really hard to find materials at like good cost. Yeah. Interesting. Never, never knew that about trying to get stuff wholesale like that. Yeah. It's really hard. Like I did not think it would be as difficult as it is. Crazy. And do you, do you find like when you're reaching out to these people, that they're like, they either want you to spend a certain amount or buy a certain amount of something before they they'll even consider selling it to you. Yeah. And that's what has been so hard is because I didn't like, I wasn't prepared to need as much material as I do. Um, So it's like, you have to spend at least a thousand I think at, at Waspy and it's like, I don't have a thousand dollars to just like throw down on material, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, it's, that's definitely a part of it. Gotcha. What did the process look like for you know, getting your licensing and stuff for the business? Was it just a business license or what did you have to go through to get that? Yeah, you had to get, um, thankfully I got an accountant. Um, because I wanted to not, I had no idea how to do any of it. Um, you had to get 
like your UBI number through the state. And then you'd had to get your like tax ID number as well. And I think that's, I found that out when I was trying to order through hairline. So I needed both numbers and it was, I think it came out to a couple hundred dollars to get all of that. Um, but it's just getting into it. There's so many, everything is so expensive and there's so many layers. Um, and that's why like my jigs are a little more expensive because it's so hard to get materials and product sadly (laughs) have you found that uh even the people that were you know getting stuff before really like went official uh, do you do you still see that they're you know they're trusting your product and, and buying into it yeah which is really really cool and i think you know from what we talked about earlier um my relationship with my dad, it's never been good. And so entering like an all male, like dominant industry, it was like really scary for me. I've kind of had to like navigate how to talk to men in like this whole thing. And it's like daunting if you think about, I don't know, fishermen and hunters, you know, who like what they like. And so that's why it's been so cool for me to have these people who've been following me like you guys from like day one, who still after using them all season, like they still want to come back to me the next season. Like, I just feel it's just really, yeah, it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So have you found any difficulties? I know you just mentioned, you know, being a young woman in the industry, trying to talk and you know, work with a lot of people in the industry and it tends to be a male dominated sport. What's that been like for you? Oh man, it's been like so scary. I think, um, you know, my first, I, the edge pro shop in Woodland, the new shop that just opened up, carry some of my jigs. And I just remember like I had this case of jigs and I walk in And it's this like high ceiling building with just men, like in a huge circle. And I just like walked in and I, my mouth just probably dropped to the floor. And, um, Alex, the CEO or whatever, he grabs my case and is like, everyone say hi to Adriel. And so I kind of just was forced into it. I had, there was no turning back after that. And, uh, it's definitely hard. Like, with some of the messages that you get um, as a woman in the industry. It's just like, it's very, it's definitely intimidating. But I think that with all of the like friendships I've created with all of these people who've been fishing for years, who are highly respected and um, really knowledgeable, like they're, it's been nice for people to want to to want to help or to want to help me learn and watch me grow and uh, one thing i can uh that i think we all can relate on is the the difference between like our generation that has gotten into fishing versus like older generation mm-hmm. um i mean i even have like one thing that's that i can connect with you is like 
I walked into fly shops before and I'm like looking at fly tying material and I kind of like know what I want to do. And like people just come in like unsolicited information to you. And you're like, just cause you're oh. young or because you know, there it's not like hundred percent. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Like I find myself, it's been nice because, um, the owner of Warley bugger, like I started going in there when I just was tying whitefish flies and I kind of, he has helped me so much because I just told him like, I flat out don't know anything like from the beginning. And it's definitely like you people, I feel like sometimes people try to like catch, like catch you slipping almost like I'll go on to Cabela's and be in like the tying section. They're like, do you need something? I'm like, no, like I'm good. Um, so it's sometimes makes it hard to ask questions. Cause it's like, it is intimidating. Yeah. And like, uh, one thing, so I, I worked at, uh, Orvis for a while. Oh, and, cool. and so one thing, like I've kind of got the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times I think we take, like when we go into places, uh, we take it as like, oh, they're just, they just are like trying to get at me or anything. But like really a lot of the time it was just our job to go up and be like, hey, how can we help you today? But it right? also out on how people pronounce it to you, right? If I, if, mm-hmm. you walk, if you walk into a fly shop and go, hey, is there anything we can help you with versus uh, what, like, what do you need? You know? Yeah. hundred percent. Like yeah. it's definitely like the owner of Worley, Steve, he, I kind of just listen. Like I try to just listen to him talk because he's so, he's been doing it for so long and says all these, like he'll, I'll, I'll tell him I need strong thread. And then he's like, okay, this is strong thread. And he'll like go through all of it. So I think, um, that's definitely true. Like if, if people truly want to help or if they're like weirded out, you know? Yeah. Like making, you know, finding connections and getting on people's uh, levels, right? Like mm-hmm. not everyone's going to be able to describe, like walk in and be like, oh, I need this point something, something two five millimeter bead and right. this hook, you know, it's like, hey, I just need a, a medium streamer hook and I want some literally. fur to slap on it and I want fish to eat it. Yeah, literally. That's what I have to try to describe things as because like I'll watch a YouTube video and it'll say, hey, medium in front, small in back. And then I'll be Googling for like 30 minutes on what size is medium because I have no idea what to ask for, you know? Yeah. There was actually a guy because I went into Cabela's so much and I started going into these stores that I just like created all these friendships like around town, which has been super cool. Um, but this guy who worked at Cabela's, um, he's in his eighties, I think, uh, he just was baffled at me, like starting to tie and teaching myself and thought it was the coolest thing. Um, and he told me to, that he had a bunch of stuff for me and told me to like meet him at this, at this location. So I like made my best friend go with me, you know, so I didn't get kidnapped, but he had like tubs on tubs on tubs of tying materials and stuff that he just wanted to donate to me. And that was like right before I started tying jigs. 
And so a lot of those materials in those boxes, at first I had no idea what they were. So it's been really cool. Like I'll think of something and be like, oh, I wonder if that was in the box that I had. Like, I wonder if I could use that. And then I'll just start using random stuff. Like that's how, that's kind of how I started to learn what each different thing was for is because I had so many materials from him. So that was really cool. And that goes into, you know, the relationships that you make when you're going into all these places all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like once you get into the industry, you know, as, as long as you show that you're, you know, you care about other people and you care about what you're doing, it opens up a mm-hmm. lot of doors when you start talking it, to people. It definitely does. Like, I think that is one thing, like I, I try to remind myself because I know I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to be the best, you know, at anything I do. So people see me around town and they're like, dude, like, are you sleeping? Like, are you like, I literally see you posting at like 1am, 2am, and then you're at work the next day. And it's like, it's so nice that people will talk. Obviously people I've been hearing it from other you know there's been negative and there's also a lot of positive too and that's the one thing I know is like no one can question my passion for it and like how hard that I work and that's all that matters to me um because even with other companies like my bait like I talk about him all the time and he says the same thing like he doesn't care about helping me because he has his customers that he knows will come to him and I have mine who will come to me. And it's kind of about like, I want to see everyone succeed. Like I just want to have fun and be outdoors and learn and like tie cool things that catch cool fish. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I mean, just like there's going to be negatives with everything, but it's how you look at it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kyle and I, there's people that have said stuff about us starting a podcast. Like, yeah, we're not like your, you know, 30, 40 year veterans that have been fly fishing one river their entire life and can tell you everything about it. But we saw right. you know, a damn good time on here talking with people in the industry of all ages. We don't 100%. Uh, I mean, even like getting into guiding, I mean, you, there's just, there's just people out there that, you know, it's just their mentality and it's the way you look mm-hmm. at life. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel bad for those people that have that negative outlook on life because they miss so much good stuff. You know, when you put good out into these world, into the world and you start talking with people that also have that same passion and get energy, like mm-hmm. things really start to grow there. Uh, but, I agree. Like I yeah. relate to that so much because I think like I have a Facebook post that kind of talks about, um, like the spot that I was in when I started teaching myself how to tie. And like, I remember, I'm going to try not to get emotional, but I remember like it was random that I started to like notice, even notice the mountains or like the sky. And it almost felt like, like suffocating. And then I started like fishing and being outdoors. And it's like, it opens a whole new level Um, It did for me, you know, it opens your eyes to a lot of different things, like the beauty of just living and like being out with your friends and like 
even when I would go fish and you wouldn't catch fish. Like my grandpa has always said, it ain't all about the catching. Like <laughs> he made me a big, like, like a tying tool holder, you know, and he engraved in the bottom of it. It ain't all about the catching. And I feel that so much because it's like, it is about the relationships you build and like building other people up. Cause I get a lot of like, despite the good, I do get a lot of like bad messages and, and people just being nasty, like saying that just nasty stuff. I mean, I, you guys could imagine, you know, what, a what an angry man (laughs) would message. Um, like someone who is trying to step foot into that, into something so male dominated, but you just have to like, I continue to remind myself that like I was in such a low spot coming into it that I know that like, I know everyone has stuff going on. That's why it's hard for me to talk about even the stuff with my parents that like, moved me into doing this is because everyone has their own stuff going on you know and even the people who are mean in the messages like I just ignore it like I just keep working hard and being happy and like being myself is it it's just it's fucking bonkers to me that someone can take the time out of their day to go and talk to someone that's just like enjoying a passion, like yeah. not even bugging you, not even coming at you. And they come at you and they say some shit to you. And I it's mean, like, I've gotten phone calls like at fucking at, insane. Yeah, at like 11 p.m., 2 a.m., 5 a.m., like <laughs> from this guy just so mad. And like I've had to block, they'll go from my Facebook. I'll block them from Facebook. Then they're in my Instagram messages. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It really is. Man, he's just mad. He can't tie jigs as good as you. <laughs> That's what I try to tell myself. I'm like, bro, you're just mad. <laughs> Whatever. Watch a YouTube video. <laughs> oh, for sure. You just send them, you should just send them links to videos that you make and stuff. Just... <laughs> Literally. Start making some time videos. Here you go. I'll teach you how to do it. Like this one's for you, hater number fifty-five. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this whole kind of that whole reason is why we, like Keith said earlier, why we started the podcast, right? Is so we can be a voice to people, and we can, you know, promote different types of people all across the industry, right? Like it, you got to build those relationships, and you got to be more welcoming. Otherwise, you're going to lose people coming into the sport. Hundred yeah. percent yeah well and that's like the thing uh you know i think that fishermen and uh, and the outdoor industry gets caught up into uh fishermen look like this fishermen do this this is how we act this is how we we play and it's it's a changing of tide with the, mm-hmm. the younger of generations coming in and the older generations don't like to see that changing of tide because we're thinking outside the box right like i no- was just gonna say that yeah it brings a whole new outlook i think a hundred percent and and the colors we fish and the things we do and the methods and the waters and like things are changing and uh i think that's tough for people to handle so when they see Mm -hmm. it different i mean i can understand why people may be getting upset because they're 
they're like, this is not the way that, you know, a, a fisherman was represented when I was growing up, you know, when there are. Yeah. hundred percent. I understand how change can be tough for people, but it's like, just don't take, you know, you're going to, you're going to spend like hours of your life going after people that are just trying to, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to catch fish and be outdoors. Right. Exactly. And you know, the first time I even went salmon fishing, like I don't even have waders yet. I don't have waders. I don't have bibs. Like I got nothing. So I probably did look like an amateur for sure. But I remember I like crossed this guy's uh, bobber and I was so scared, so scared. And he was so mad. Like, and I, I remember he walked down and I was like, that guy looks so cool. Like he was dripped out in Sims. Like, and then he was so mad. And I just remember like walking over and our lines were connected. I was like, Hey, sorry, man. And I was like laughing. Cause it was I was so scared that I was just cracking up to be honest. And he just looked at me and just like took our lines apart and walked away. And I remember then he caught a fish. My friend helped him net it and he just hit the fish out of the net and walked away. So it's definitely like, I feel there are some people who just like they're diehards or something. I don't know. And they just don't want to help. They don't want to, so it's definitely hard, you know, as someone who doesn't know anything, because I know nothing really besides what I teach myself. Yeah. So, well, it's a tough, it's a tough industry to be in. And I mean, there's a lot of people that are coming into it as well. And so I think maybe people are feeling upset that there's uh, people coming to fish like their holes growing up and places. Yeah. Like, and so I can, I under, also understand the frustration there, but it's like For there's sure. so much water to fish in this. Mm-hmm. I get that that's like your place, but like you don't share it with some people. And, but mm-hmm. it's that, that kind of give and take mentality right there. Like you also got to be, uh, you got to be aware of when you're walking, you know, these people that come down and if you see a guy fishing or a gal fishing a hole, like mm-hmm. don't just walk up behind them and start casting into that hole because it's like right. that, that golf etiquette right you're gonna get there you're gonna fish that and let mm-hmm. them fish and if they move on then you can go fish it but uh there's just like this this whole, like we talk about the changing of tides there's a lot of great things happening but there's also some mm-hmm. stuff that yeah they there's people got to learn these things and yeah it's kind of, it's so silent like we almost need to put it on a board and post it on the river (laughs) so people get it yeah on the addicted fishing forum (laughs) (laughs) where everyone just talks crap on (laughs) yeah and that's the whole thing too i mean the whole social media thing is that's it's just kind of created a platform well i mean even that's a forum right but still it's just kind of created a a way for people to spread that and it's so cool yeah it does like there is a lot of that's like my favorite pastime is to go on the addicted fishing forum and just scroll and read because <laughs> people are so funny on it but it is so cool like social media now the things that you can learn and like people are usually like surprised at the fact that I've just taught myself all of it but it is from social media and those random forums and YouTubes, you know, it's really cool, honestly. Because yeah. there is there is with with the people that want to withhold information, 
there's so many good people, like so many people who want like the new generation to continue the fishing and to know like the crucial parts and like how to save the steelhead, you know, and all those things. Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, we keep coming back to this give and take thing, right? Like, Mm-hmm. it's like yes you don't want people to learn about this waterway but if you get the right people learning about the waterway then you get more people that care about that place and when right. they say, oh the the steelhead numbers are low and you know we need a petition for this or whatever mm-hmm. or, or oh you know whatever it, it, it is then you mm-hmm. got more people there to back you up or you know yeah. more people invested to come out and do cleanups and, and stuff like that so right and that's like personally like my messages are always open to stuff like that I have people reach out and want me to join stuff to try to help the steelhead and all of this stuff it is hard to know it's hard to know what's what's going on honestly if you haven't been fishing for a long time but I'd love to learn like about all of it I think it's crazy the how there's such a like one way or the other like people are very passionate and adamant about each thing so i always want to know like both sides you know 100 yeah well, that's... i'll go for go, it Keaton. Go, go, go for it <laughs> well i sorry i'm just like I'm, i get passionate about this stuff uh <laughs> but just like uh the you know, you, you just want to make sure that whatever side you support, you know, I mean, everyone's going to kind of have their things to say, but just make sure that whoever you're supporting, you know, has the right credit behind them. Um, right. There's also groups out there that, you know, not everything's as beautiful as it seems. So mm-hmm. um, just knowing like who you donate and, and who you're a part of is a big thing. So, yeah, for sure. What were you going to say, Kyle? I would say talking about the whole social media thing too, right? And then Keaton talking about, you know, the new guard of anglers. I feel like it allows people like you, Adriel, to, you know, have your Instagram and reels. Do, do you have TikTok as well? Are you on TikTok for Slay Jays? Uh, not for Slay Jays, for <laughs> uh, personal. Don't go look at it. Okay. Well, I was, what I was going to say is like, you're, I, at least I see your reels, your Instagram reels. Right? Yeah. And yeah. Tying flies. And it's like, that's how we get information out there nowadays, right? That's how mm-hmm. we we share things that's how things you know go viral and right being able to show that i'm sure you're getting that message out to more people that normally wouldn't see it right and maybe it gets more people interested in fly tying gets more people interested in fishing gets young more young women and and you know minorities in the industry right to come in and get interest like hey this person can do it why can't i 100 percent. like i have because I post a lot on my Snapchat just with all of my friends. And they're like, at first, they're all like, what the heck are you doing? Like, why did you just randomly start tying stuff? Like, what even are those? And even like, I really want to start a YouTube channel, like of me tying and stuff. A lot of people have told me that I really should do that. And it's like, I'm scared to show like what I'm doing. But at the same time, I wish there was more videos out there when I was teaching myself, you know, and that's probably why my stuff is different is because I just randomly was, was slapping stuff on at first, but I want people to see, you know, how to do it and 
how fun it can be because it really is so fun. I love doing it. For sure. So, like, if people are are uh, looking to order from you, like, where where's some locations that they can get them, or do you have a website, or how do you go about that? So, after the sportsman shows are done, I'm really wanting to have a website, just because I know that it's so it's so much more easy to access. You know, I have usually how people order is just messaging me um, through my personal Facebook or my Slay Jays page on Instagram or Facebook as well. Um, but it is hard because I do get so many messages a day and trying to filter out and like go back to that person. I would like to have it be more accessible. So I'm hoping to have a website soon. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And what do you... I'll go, go for it, Keaton. Nope. Uh, let me add on to this real quick. And so do you do like, do you have like a, a small catalog of any sort or anything that people can look at? Or do you just kind of want people to describe what they need? Um, It is like a lot of people will send me the screenshots of stuff that I post or the names because I try to put a name with each jig that I post. Um, But I have just a whole thing in my camera roll of all of my jigs with the names on the picture. And I usually just send that out. Um if they want to see all my patterns, but like we talked about before, I have so many. So it is nice when people, they can just tell me what, what colors they want or, um, or just customs too. I, I started doing customs in in the beginning and that's kind of how I came up with all these different patterns. Um, but it is hard just because of materials, you know, I can't have all of those materials on hand at all times because it's so hard to get them yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. what does a normal order look like like how many are people ordering at once usually usually about six to twelve um but with the guides it's usually a lot bigger like 24 uh 50 you know numbers like that which i I like big ones like that because then, you know, usually it's, they know what they want and you can just crank them all out and send them off. But I'm happy to make just one for someone, you know, if you're going to catch a fish with it, I I dig it. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, this is kind of a question like, uh, just out of the blue, but when you're doing your jigs, when you, when you're doing that finish wrap, uh, Mm -hmm. do you cement them or anything? Yeah, so I've I've kind of been playing with um I've been playing with what I like best cuz you know the unsolicited advice from people I get a lot of that too like why do you why do you use that or why do I kind of how do I say this since I started tying flies first I watched a lot of people who used like the UV to finish off their stuff. So I kind of switch between getting the uv um finishing or i use just like fly cement or super glue um but that kind of goes with product too like getting it but i just think my way of seeing it is like if a fish is biting it i'd rather them have something to hit first than just my thread and like slowly start to break the thread because that's how things unravel so quick i think 
Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's totally, totally true. Mm -hmm. I was just curious because I, I like I've tied jigs before a couple like, but I'm no professional at all at them. Just like me slapping rabbit strip on and <laughs> my best. So. so, how long does it take you to tie a jig? Um, it kind of varies between like how creative I want to get, you know, with the pattern. But if I have all my materials set out and I can just like crank through. It's usually like eight, ab about eight to 10 minutes, like per jig. So I definitely like take my time on each one. And I'm such a perfectionist that I just want it to be exactly how I want it. And so it does take me a little longer. Um, and that's why I like pull as many all-nighters as I do to try to get all my stuff done. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, you know, I mean, that's one reason customers come back right because they know they're getting that premium product that you're actually you know you're not personally i tie up my own guide flies and a lot of them look like shit because i try to tie them up so fast and it's like yeah bam 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 but again that's that's just trying to please myself right yeah selling that to a customer it it not only and for you too right you want to have the best looking product but especially when you're selling to somebody else you yeah. have to be able to uh, meet their standards as well hundred percent like at at first I would literally like stare at each one and make sure they're exactly how I want it to be and sometimes like there's even some right in front of me that like didn't make the cut for the sportsman show and I'm like okay they're good and I'll use them but I don't want anyone to see like not perfect <laughs> that's crazy yeah because because yeah. like in our eyes, right, we want them to all look perfect. But, I mean, if you get the profile and the color and the shape right, usually fish will come and eat them, which is – Yeah. Like, but, like, and when we go in, we're, you can bet your uh, your bottom dollar that I'm going through and looking at each chubby and picking out the ones I like. Right? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so what sportsman shows are you going to be at this spring? I'm going to be at – the Tri-City Show um, with Tri-Cities Tackle and um, Northwest Bait. And so I will be there with them. I think it's January, let's see, January 27th through 29th for Tri-Cities. And then the Yakima Show, I'll be with the Ace Hardware booth. Um, and then I just am going to go because I've never even been to one. Like, I don't even, I'm really excited to just see what they're like. So I want to go to the Puyallup in the Portland as well, hopefully. Fingers crossed I can get work off to go. Are you just coming over um, just for the, to, are you going to be a part of it or you just want to see what they're like? Um, I just want to see what they're like over at the, at the Puyallup in Portland. The, they're expensive to get booths in those. So my bank account said no for this year. <laughs> Had to wait on those. <laughs> I'll be uh I'll be helping out depending on the day. I'll be at the NWTF booth for Ooh. Turkey Federation. I'll just be talking and uh and hanging out with them. So Oh heck yeah. Make yeah, sure I'll come in that. and I'll I can see you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
So it sounds like you have a full-time gig outside of this, right? For work? Yes. Yeah. So it's been really amazing. Um, my best friend is the owner of the coffee shop that I work at. And my cousin is the manager. <laughs> so they work with me like crazy well. Um, I was the manager of the coffee shop and we all started it together, like best friends just going in. So it was really random that like I started tying and getting into it. Like when we were waiting for it to get built, they would just sit on my bed as I watched endless YouTubes and like taught myself to tie. So they watched me kind of go through all of like this whole process. And it's been really cool because, you know, they've seen the stuff with my parents, with work, like us being out of work, waiting for the coffee shop to be built. And then me coming in the next day after catching that salmon and just like crying to them, you know, they are so supportive. So that's been really nice. Like the past month, I think I've only been working weekends getting ready for the sportsman shows so thank god that they work with me really well yeah gotcha. so where else can people get your jigs i know that you said um you know they can message you they can dm you uh they mm -hmm. can go to the sportsman show and i think you mentioned edge rods right can they buy them there in person yeah yeah the edge pro shop down in woodland yeah i have some there um I'm hoping to get into the Ace Hardware store on 40th as well. Um, there's a few different Ace Hardwares here, but if I could get into all of them, that'd be cool. It's just hard right now because, you know, when you sell wholesale, you have to go down on your price like at 30% or something. So it's because I have so many messages and people wanting to buy them direct through me. I'm able to make more of a profit doing it that way. Yeah. Um, but I do want them to be really accessible. So it's hard. It's hard to decide like where to put them, if that makes sense. No, totally. I'm, you know, working in the industry in several different ways. I see that a lot of, you know, balancing that wholesale versus direct to consumer because, you're somebody's making money and if it's wholesale it's not always the person you know that you, creating that product 100 percent. and like this is something that i'm i am so passionate about and even when i'm working at the coffee shop like that was my passion when we were all creating that and now it's like the whole time i'm making coffee i'm thinking like oh i could be tying a jig right now like how many jigs could i have tied like during this shift <laughs> and I like think of things like in jigs, like, oh, I have to tie 30 jigs now to pay that off. You know, I want this to be like my full time. And I do want to be able to like make a living from it. So hopefully, you know, with a website, it'll be easier for people to order and get them like right away if I have stock, you know. Yeah, for sure. Do you ever, uh, this is a random question, but do you ever take your vice into the coffee shop and on the slow time tie flies or anything? No, I've definitely thought about it though. Like I thought about it a lot. I 
because the nights that I will be up all night, my cousin usually opens the coffee shop. So I'm still up at, you know, 4 a.m. when she's getting there. So I'm like, I'll try to stay up and I'll bring like some packaging to go to the shop to sit there and package something. But I've always thought about like taking my advice and just sitting there because it is. But then it's I'll get bored of a pattern quick and I'll know that I just can't bring all my material over there. (laughs) It's kind of nice to separate the two of them. Yes, definitely. Like I. It's been hard because my my table and stuff is in my room. So I really like never come out of my room because if I'm not tying sitting at this desk, I'm sleeping. And if I'm not at work, like I'm sitting at this desk, (laughs) so it's hard. So how do you balance your fishing time? Like, do you get, are you able to get out much? Uh, not lately. No, (laughs) not lately. Like I think this month, I've tied, you know, and it's been hard because I've been building my stock for a sportsman. So I'm not seeing that immediate return. So I'm having, I had to pull back on my hours at the coffee shop to tie enough jigs for the show. But then I'm also having to take like side orders because I have no money. So it's like, it's, it's definitely hard to find time to do all everything that I want to do um hopefully though because I've never caught a steelhead I've never been steelhead fishing and so I really want to go soon like bad so I definitely want to take some time and I need to because I I know that I work really hard doing this you know sitting at a table for 10 hours a day 12 hours like all night long and all day I do need to go outside and like that. I like to just go up to the elk feeding station and just sit there or take my dog on a walk, like outside by the river, stuff like that. So I definitely, for my happiness of myself, I need to make time to go fish for sure. Get outdoors. It's healthy. For sure. The mind and body because sitting at a, a table all day can get old. So yeah, it can. My back like very much hurts. <laughs> you catch yourself like trying to sit straight, tie. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's a you know, it's it's a passion, right? And sometimes you yeah, mm-hmm. you sacrifice things, especially in the beginning, right? You're you're just in the beginning. I mean, you're already starting to, you know, get big and you're starting to kind of make a name for yourself in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I know when we started the podcast and he and I are still, we're, we're just starting, we're just starting to bloom. And it's like, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time and it takes mm-hmm. a lot of money to get started. And you gotta it start. does. It does definitely. Like I, I have a lot of people, you know, every time I'm working at the coffee shop, they'll be like, is what you're doing even worth it? Like, are you even making money? Like, are you even, and I, I haven't been in the beginning. Like I was completely not making any money because I was buying everything from Ace Hardware, you know, like I was getting nothing at wholesale and, but it didn't matter to me in the beginning. Like it really didn't. I, 
thought it was just amazing like the people I was meeting and the the like fish that were being caught with my stuff and I just thought it was in the beginning is it worth it like money wise no not at all so that's what a lot of people don't understand and it has like your circle does get smaller you know when you I can't go do things like I have to be sitting here and tying but it's it's worth it to me for sure yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. is there anything that we didn't ask you that you wanted to to share in the podcast or just kind of elaborate or anything of that sort Mm, no (laughs) no all good all good i think uh that we talked a lot of a lot of good stuff you know we mm-hmm. learned about jigs and then we also went on kind of a uh, i would say an inspirational <laughs> chat about like you know the the ins and outs it's not always mm-hmm. sunny every day right in mm-hmm. business so uh it's really cool that you got personal and were willing to share that with us yeah yeah so we're going to go through here on the next few steps. Uh, we got a couple. Uh, uh, what are we calling this, Kyle? The rapid fire round. Rapid fire round. Thank oh you. Oh, gosh. We got some rapid fire round questions for you. Okay. Uh, I'm, it's been a long day. Um, <laughs> we're going to do the rapid fire round. Quick questions, quick answers. And then uh, we'll get to one more thing. And then we'll uh, do an outro. So. Okay. I feel like I'm on a game show. I'm ready. Come on down. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, first rapid fire round question. Here we go. What's your favorite fish? Oh my gosh. This is not rapid. I don't know. Salmon. Nice. Nice. <laughs> What's a dream destination that you want to fish? Oh, Alaska. I want to go to Alaska so bad. So bad. What's your favorite snack slash beverage to have out on the water? Ooh, Red Bull for sure. And chips. Chips. What kind of chips? Oh, jalapeno chips. All right. Are you like... (laughs) Are you like the uh what what are those ones the classic like kettle jalapeno? Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, those are so good. Yep. Uh, what's keeping you awake on your bench? What are you drinking at night when you're trying to bang through a bunch? My Red Bull, for sure. <laughs> or I'll go to my coffee shop at like 11 p.m. or 1 a.m. like any time, and I'll just make a coffee, which is super cool. <laughs> That's awesome uh what is the music you listen to while your your time flies oh like morgan wallen then i'll hit some drake then it'll go into 21 savage and then it just goes everywhere i like it variety variety all right you're headed out the door fish what's one thing that you can't leave the house without can i say weed (laughs) yeah go for it a joint for sure that's awesome Uh, (laughs) 
what are you uh superstitious about what's something you're superstitious about oh don't do me like this the fish whistle on my jigs the weed smell like i feel like if my jig doesn't get weed blown on it it's not going to catch fish but i know that's not true <laughs> you're on to something it's the scent i know i mean you never know i knew old timers that sprayed wd-40 on their gear and then they would take it out fishing and catch stuff i've heard that i've heard the wd-40 trick yeah. i dig it never know i'll never start smoking know. weed and blowing out all my flies i guess yeah, try it. See what happens. Pop box in your fly box, Kyle. <laughs> exactly. Close it. Yeah, so. I can't say I haven't done that. So that's funny. <laughs> All right. What is um something you wish you knew when you started tying flies? Mm. Wish I knew. There's so many things. I don't know. Um, how many different ones they were that like there were. There's so many different variations and yeah, there's so many different kinds. What's the best advice you could give your younger self? Um that's a funny one I could I could talk to her for days um to just do what you want to do and don't care what anyone thinks don't care about the judgment or the haters you know like there's always going to be those people and sometimes they're going to be the ones like closest to you and that's okay and like you really do only have one life and it's your story for a reason and like you never know who it could help like who you could touch by sharing or just being you know truly who you are yeah well we like to end every episode with an awesome fish story that could be your own could be you know maybe a story about somebody who caught a fish in one of your flies or even just an outdoor story or something outdoor related. Oh my. Okay. Um, I think it was probably like when I caught my first fish, I don't like someone recorded it. So it was really funny to watch back, but I was freaking out. Like I was jumping up and down. Like there was people looking over who probably thought I was a maniac like who you know but I was so happy and then as it the more fish that I catch it's usually always recorded and it's been the same thing like I think that I just love catching fish and get so excited so I don't really have like a specific story though to tell so that sounds really lame now no you're all good we uh no you, you, I mean, you just gotta get out, get some more, uh, some more fish stories, get some crazy stuff happening to you. I know, I know. 
All right. Well, that was another episode of the Young Guides podcast. We just want to thank Adriel for hopping on and and talking uh, business with us and uh, what it takes to you know start your own uh, fly tying and and jig tying business. And uh, we really appreciate her, you know, hopping on and just talking to us for two hours about uh, what it takes. So, um, yeah, we just want to thank you for that. Um, that being said, uh, we want to give you an, uh, an update on some events coming up, uh, the 27th of this month, we're going to be having a Turkey talk with, uh, Russ from NWTF. Uh, you can find that on our Instagram or, uh, I've been posting it up on like, if you're in Washington, the hunting Washington page, uh, I just threw the link up there. Um, I have thrown it up on our, our story a couple times. So, uh, keep your eyes out for that. Uh, February 10th, we're going to be doing a fly tying night uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, the the spaces are limited for both of these, so make sure that you hit that link, sign up. Uh, we have 15 people. Um, this is a free event. You just have to bring your own uh, vice. We do have a couple, but um, if you can bring all your, your own vice and your materials, uh, that would be great. So make sure to check those out. Um, we hope to see you there and you get to meet me in person. Um, we want to also just take a minute to thank all of our, uh, listeners, uh, people who support us and, uh, it's anyone that's about us. Um, so thank you for, you know, hopping on, listening to our podcast, liking our Instagram posts, sharing our Facebook stuff, sharing our, our, uh, our seminars coming up. Uh, we just, we really value you. Um, and, uh, if you can take some time and go on to Apple podcasts, Spotify, um google podcasts and and leave us a review um that would be awesome let us know how we're doing if we're doing great let us know if we're not tell us how we can improve uh also what else i got i had one more thing but uh it's probably not important so (laughs) i I, I, shout out to you keaton for putting on that uh tying event um looks like you know we got some people show up and Uh, had a good time it sounds like i'm bummed i couldn't be there but um yeah sounds people were posting about it It was good to see that on the fly fishing washington facebook page and saying they're going to show up to the next one hopefully that can you know get some momentum going we'll get some more people to the next one and kind of create a little community it's really cool to see and um we've done a couple live events the last our time just popping on instagram and keaton i'll be tying flies and people are hopping on and it's cool to see the community growing where, you know, it's not just me and Keaton anymore. We have, you know, people like Matt from Alaska Rod Co. And, you know, uh, our, our friend Adrian Jimenez, he was on, uh, on one of the early episodes of the podcast and everybody's talking. Like, it's not just me and Keaton. Everybody else is chiming into the conversation. We have people like in the comment section asking each other questions. So it's just really cool to see this community that we're growing and that we're building and yeah, we just want to appreciate everybody for being along with that and for Keaton for uh, doing a lot of that stuff, you know, a lot of the in-person events. I'm super stoked for him. Like I said, I'm bummed I can't be there, but I'm proud of what he's been doing there. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate that. Um, with that the, with that uh, insight, I also want to just put out uh, that guide season is upon us. Uh, it's It seemed like it was going to be a ways out, but you know, as we roll into the the week after weeks of January and February is getting closer. Springtime's rolling around. So uh, if you're interested in a trip with Kyle or I, you can reach out to uh, us through our podcast Instagram. 
um, or if you are looking to book a trip, uh, it's always better to talk to personally for me, if you reach out to me so I can set up a date with you. Um, so reach out to me or you can call Allensburg Angler and, uh, reach out and ask for Keaton, uh, Kyle, you want to do yours? Yeah. Um, if you want to fish up here on the road system in Alaska, you know, we're only an hour and a half from Anchorage. Um, yeah, uh, easy day trip, especially in the summertime. We've got lots of daylight. Yeah. Um, you got full day and half day floats. Um, our season's probably going to be a little bit later. Uh, I'm looking probably end of May and June, and we'll run all summer until about the end of September. Um, yeah, you can shoot me a message on my personal flybum underscore 101. Um, you know, podcast Instagram, reach out to us on the, the, the podcast website uh, or Bear Paw River Guides LLC on Instagram. Um, Shane can message you there or um, you can call Shane's number. We can put all that contact information up or we just look up Bear Paw River Guides. You should be able to find it online. Yeah, awesome. And uh, make sure to swing by our website, www.theyoungguidespodcast.com. Uh, we are going to get an update going here and you'll be able to see uh, uh, a link on how to order some jigs from Adriel and some uh, uh, check out some of the people of the past that we've had on. If you're looking to book trips with sea run fishing or hunting or you want to learn more about the Onyx, just anything, make sure to check that out. And uh, yeah, we just we just really appreciate it. Um, so. and real quick Adriel tell us again uh, those dates for the sportsman shows that people can see you yeah um, the Tri-City show is the 27th through 29th and I'll be with um, Tri-City's Tackles booth and Northwest Bait Scent and then um, I'm horrible I don't even remember when the, the Yakima one is I think it's February it's in February, February 25th, I think. Here, let me Maybe. look it up. Okay. I think it's 25th through the 27th. Um, Central Washington. There's Central Washington. Oh, Yakima. Central Washington Sportsman Show. Yeah, I think it At should the just say. Yeah. Uh, Friday, February 24th. Oh, so close. February 24th and, yeah. and I will be with um, Ace Hardware and you can get my jigs there um, anytime and I'll be stopping in to like, say hi to everyone and um, I'd love to meet new people. I love meeting new people and um, personally giving them my jigs. Um, so yeah, I'd love to meet everyone. Well, awesome. Well, cool. Uh, I think with that being said, uh, this was another episode of the Young Guides podcast, and we will catch you on the next one. <laughs>